0: The person who gets the most done has the least excuses. Welcome to the Millionaire Woman Show, where we'll be discussing leadership, business, human potential, inspiring you to live rich from the inside out. Unlock your creativity, stretch out of your comfort zone, break through your barriers, take inspired action, and achieve epic results. Now here's your host, three-time best-selling author, speaker, and certified executive coach, Deborah Kozowski. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Millionaire Woman Show. I'm your host, Deborah Kozowski, and today I am super excited. We are going south, we are going to Nashville to talk to Mike Zeller. He is a business architect and entrepreneur mentor who helps professionals find their zone of genius and rewire the subconscious to fuel momentum toward their life purpose. He has mentored over 300 high-level entrepreneurs all over the world, helping tens of millions in revenue of his clients. An entrepreneur himself, he has founded or partnered in over 20 ventures across multiple industries, including technology, real estate, digital marketing, and more. And today, we're bringing Mike on the show. Thank you for joining us.
1: Deborah, thanks for having me on. And uh, there's so much about you that I resonate with as I checked out your website before we connected and I can't wait to dive in.
0: Yeah, we're gonna have some fun. I want to just start, you know, one of the things that caught my attention when I went to your website is knowing that, you know, there's either a story that brings someone comes from a family line of entrepreneurs, or there's a story of the dark night of the soul, so to speak, that pulls people toward that entrepreneurial journey. So I would love for you to share with us, how did you even get started in what you're doing? Like what brought you to this place?
1: Yeah, great question. I mean, Simple, short answer from the heritage side. My dad immigrated to Germany or immigrated to America from Germany, not knowing a word of English, eighth grade education, uh, post-World War II Germany, where they had like, you know, uh, they would have meat once a week. We can't imagine like, you know, we think we're suffering now with the pandemic and everything. And uh, man, that was brutal. But when he came searching and dreaming about a new life, a better life, and uh, and eventually he started his own business. He started in roofing and those type things. And then eventually became a world uh, renowned harness racing uh, champion, uh, had some world champion horses and, uh, and, but he was a small, you know, entrepreneur. I think he never had more than two employees in his life. I've had as many as 55 now uh, at one point, you know, live and active. And uh, really in terms of the coaching and mentorship and the, I wrote down, uh, I bet you've probably done an affirmations or vision boards and things like that. Well, I was inspired by Tony Robbins, Personal Power 2 uh, when I was 31 and I wrote out my, t- my 15, 16 affirmations. And my seventh one was that a mentor and lead the brightest and best people in the world. At the time, all I was doing was selling real estate investing in real estate. And I was like, ah, that sounds crazy, but I think I'm supposed to write this. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh four or five years later i had started at that point you know half a dozen businesses and and uh had gotten a little press or whatever and had entrepreneurs just and friends reaching out for business advice all the time and i wasn't charging anything and i just pour my heart into guys and help them shift and then i realized they wouldn't do anything because i wasn't charging anything and uh
0: <laughs> and yeah, i, I didn't see and we find that you know when something's for free people are like yeah, I can get it any time. Maybe that's the philosophy. They think they can come back and get it any time. But when you put some skin in the game mm-hmm. and put some investment in, you're going to do the work. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, it was crazy. And then I started charging $1,000 a phone call was my first, like I, I had time to take on one or two clients at a time. And that's what I would do. And they loved it. And I was like, ah, this, I got to figure out a more scalable way. I like the one-on-one with high achievers, but I got to figure out a better way um and started creating masterminds and other programs and stuff so it's been a fun journey but it's uh not for the faint of heart as you know
0: yes and you know on the show we talk a lot about mindset and i I like how you you know we are talking about reprogramming the subconscious mind because you know it doesn't know any different but what i do know is when we get caught up in habits we've created quite a rut i like to use the analogy of a wheelbarrow So when we take a wheelbarrow and, you know, we keep going over the same path, we can have a pretty deep rut. And when we want to get out of that rut and create a new path, we really got to dig in. Mm -hmm. So I would love for you to just expand on a little bit more about what you do to help people move into, you know, creating those new pathways with that subconscious and creating new habits that are going to lead them to the success that they want.
1: Yeah. I think one of the biggest things is we encounter, what others have called and what I call the upper limit problem. And this upper limit is our subconscious identity. And what happens is, all right, let's say, let's say it's, uh, it can be in a relationship, right? Someone could feel like, oh, um, if they come from a home of an abuser, right? Then their identity is, hey, I am a victim of abuse. So it, it doesn't feel safe to be with someone that's actually safe because it feels, it doesn't feel right. Same thing with money. If, uh, if you're used to living in poverty, like I had one of my, one of my clients, um, I helped him break the poverty poverty cycle. Um, and he was a guy that worked with me in the real estate world. And then I mentored after I was out of real estate uh, for several years. And he's like, one day he broke down in tears. He's like, Mike, in front of our group. And he's like, guys, I realize I don't have to be poor anymore. Wow. And he, he and not Had his second year in a row making six figures. And he's like, his identity had shifted. Mm -hmm. And what happens, I think oftentimes for all of us, you know, I, I talk about claiming your power was one of my core processes. And it's an NLP process that I've kind of combined four or five different techniques. But you identify what I call your weak ass self this self that is sabotaging, that plays small, like I saw on your website, you talk about playing small. It's a mm-hmm. weak ass, disempowered, neutered, uh, just, you know, it's like someone ripped your spine out and threw it on the ground, that part of you. And then you find your badass, magnetic, uh, can make anything happen version of you. And then you, you actually need to reconcile the two because your weak ass self has been leading too often and <laughs> it's true. <laughs> and but that weak ass self has a good intent. Like, uh, and and as a metaphor, like, uh, I can't. Are you married, Deborah? Okay. So, are you ever just really upset with your husband? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Now you know if he, if he doesn't connect with you and you don't feel heard and understood, even if he's logically right, yeah. you don't give a flying rip what he has to say. True. Right. So same thing with our old identities, with our weak ass identities is, is uh, and, you know, this stuff, but I preach in the choir here. But, it, you know, you have to acknowledge what I've found is we have to acknowledge that weak ass part of ourselves. Say, hey, I see you. I call my weak ass. One of mine is uh, weak ass Willie. And then I have magic Mike is my power. One of my powerful oh, wow. alter egos. So I say, weak ass Willie, I see you showing up. Thank you for showing up. I know you have good intent. You want to protect me from harm and failure and embarrassment and shame and all those things. But you're not driving the bus anymore. Remember, Magic Mike's driving the bus. Magic Mike, take the keys. Let's go.
0: Right.
1: Yeah. So that's, that's part of how I look at it is like find that alter ego and then you can shift into a different, whole different stratosphere.
0: Yeah. You know, I, I think about even, you know, in my own life where there's been points where I've felt like I was just on cloud nine, feel like you're just empowered. And then you're going to make this big decision and people around you are like, um, you think so? We don't think you're going to make it. And then I didn't follow through mm. and that dissociation to that weak ass self was the, that betrayal piece. And it takes a while to get yourself back into that magic part of becoming, you know, true to yourself and going after what you want. Mm-hmm. So if you can yeah. catch it early, catch Exactly.
1: It. <laughs> and, and one of the things I love, like, I love to do is if, if we get anchored and we wear the clothes, we listen to the music, we move, we, we, we start the day off connected to that higher level self, you know, uh, Oliver, I think it's Oliver Wendell Holmes, said a man's mind stretched to a new position does not return to the old position and so if we can start our day off every day just stretching into that powerful alter ego and end in our day ideally then eventually we're gonna like our our bodies are designed to live in integrity right so it closes the gap and eventually our reality is matched by our deep identity our highest level identity.
0: And I, I think it's important because I've been to events so, like you, um, with some real estate. I that's how I ended up doing some of the public speaking. I was sitting in an audience, um, listening to someone who is doing a lot of rich dad, poor dad's work. Oh, yeah. And I went to talk to him during the break and I said, Can I pick your brain? <laughs> never say that to someone, never. <laughs> um, and he goes, no, no problem, Deb. I'll uh, talk to you after the break. And I, I knew him a little bit, right? So, uh, not even 10 minutes later, he pulls me up on stage in front of these 200 people. And he goes, Deb, what did you uh, ask me that was wrong? And I was like, because oh. I had just read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and it was about, you know, rec- creating win wins, reciprocity. And that pick your brain is just like, I'm wanting to take from someone. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the quickest lessons. I just looked at him. I said, I got it. I got mm-hmm. it. Cause I had just finished reading the book. Wow. And I'm like, you know, when people talk about, you know, you're reading all these books for knowledge, but it not, nothing matters until you put it into action. Well, that action just hit me in the face. It was like, Hey, Deb, you want a lesson? <laughs> Here we go. And uh, <laughs> yeah. So that really changed how I approach business and how I approach these different situations to expand Mm. into that higher self because there was times where people would show up some of them a bit disheveled and he would put them on the spot and say you want people to work with you you're standing here telling everybody to work with you but you're not displaying any credibility any Mm. connection now I know there can be a wolf in sheep's clothing but you need to be able to connect with people so I'd love to you know, how do people build that credibility as an entrepreneur, especially when they're starting out?
1: Hmm. You know, there's there's a couple of different hallmarks. I think if you're starting out, the first thing I would look for is who can you partner with or collaborate with? Because then you take advantage of the transference of trust. For example, one of my business partners, Colin Wayne, uh, so we're partnered on a founder's mastery for seven and eight figure e-commerce entrepreneurs. Million dollars had 2.4 uh, million orders from his e com store. Now, I've had over 100 million in sales for my businesses too, but not an e com. Colin's a genius at e com. So, because we are collaborating and partnering together, the transference of trust. So, I love it. partnerships. I think it's one of the fastest ways to build credibility. You learn, you can always come alongside someone that is. Uh, doesn't have the bandwidth that you have, you have the hunger, you have the drive, you think of Napoleon Hill and Andrew Carnegie, you know, Andrew Carnegie had this desire to uh, impact the world with success principles, but he didn't have the bandwidth or the time or the energy to write a book. Right. And, and so Napoleon Hill did, Um, or the skill set, it wasn't in his genius. Um, So I, I think that's the first thing. And then you look at Every market's different, and I, I think there's a uh, uh, psychological influencing factors. Like you've probably read Cialdini's influence book of like, hey, what are the precursors of authority? What are the hallmarks? The that's why we get press and why we get you know testimonials. You've got some great testimonials on your page. But that all helps. the 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 monkey brain is more afraid of making a mistake than is afraid of uh, making a right decision. Mm-hmm. And so the brain just wants to check a box. Is this, is this safe? Is this safe? Is this safe? Is this person safe? Is it, do they have legitimacy? Okay. They have legi- legitimacy. All right. I'll go forward.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, by having that trust, because you have to build that trust factor to work with yeah. people and is that no, like, and trust and you know how you show up. I always believe that how you show up in one way is how you show up everywhere and um really it is about stretching yourself and how you mentioned you know it's like an elastic as as it gets stretched it never goes back to the same position yeah so um might as well let it fly i think of a catap- catapulting right having that rock fly across the room
1: yep exactly i,
0: I want to circle back to you know the affirmation because you know sometimes people are like oh, do they really work and obviously you're doing it and Thinking of how much time it took for you to do that, to really integrate it into who you were. What is it that makes a difference in the way you use affirmations?
1: Hmm. Actually, I'll play. You want to? You want to hear some of my affirmations in the morning? Sure. I've, all right. So one of the things you got to do it with energy, as you know. Uh, you've got to do it. I like also adding music. Music changes the brain waves. If you think in life, uh, one of the great battles throughout history, you remember the Tesla versus uh, Edison about direct current versus electric current. And they literally would like have Tesla would stand in the middle. Uh, I wish someone would do it today where you would just shoot bolts of electricity through himself to prove that it was more safe than direct current. And anyway, but the reason is because it's got this alternating waves, which means there's patterns, the waves and patterns, when we want to change an identity, we got to change our perspective, change our patterns. Mm-hmm. Interrupt patterns is like, you know, that law of physics. Uh, an object in motion continues in motion unless acted upon by an outside source. So reason music, music is also changing our patterns our, of our brain chemistry and how our brain shows up as, as is our words and proclaiming it out loud. So here are some of my affirmations. You can hear the music in the background a little bit, but it kind of intensifies halfway through. I am Magic Mike. I am a wealth magnet. I am attracting, earning, and saving millions of dollars. I am worthy of extraordinary levels of success. I am a powerful force for good. I am America's top entrepreneur mentor so i just keep going for about 10 minutes and 20 seconds um with like 25 or 30 affirmations that i'm speaking energetically i play it in the morning like this morning my baby got up at like four thirty, so i played it about four thirty in the morning and i'm just like boom starting my day off speaking that over where i'm going with my life instead of waiting for me to feel like it we don't feel like it so yeah. i have a Feel like
0: it before we're gonna see it
1: yeah yeah.
0: <laughs> so let me ask you this then. So what identity or what belief did you have to get rid of to be where you are today?
1: Hmm. You know, I think it's one that I, I, I still am subconsciously shedding parts of, but like I went through a season where I lost over a million dollars and that was really intense. And I got married during that season and as a type three on the enneagram man, our deepest desire is achievement. So when we feel like we failed, we feel like we've really failed, like we feel it deeper. Um, And, but I knew I consciously and cognitively, I knew, hey, our setbacks are ready us for our comebacks. You know, and we go through those failure setbacks, like they're really just education. And uh, so I knew all that, but I'm still shedding elements of that Um, I'm, I'm pretty much there, like where I feel like what I've done this year, I had a goal to, to next, my audience, to next, my email list, um, get my first book out. I didn't uh, have a great baby. Like we have a great baby, you know, I can't control a lot of that, but, um, it's a lot of the other things I could control and it's come to pass and I've paid off, you know, in the last two years, i paid off 2.6 million in debt. It feels really great. Like I've I've shifted a lot of things, um, and built a whole new path. So um, I think continuing the mantras and the affirmations every day, and then the tribe. I you know if you design your environment so success is inevitable, you'll eventually get to where you want to go. It might take a little bit longer sometimes, and sometimes it might go faster than you think. But um, my environment is reinforces my future.
0: So let's talk more about that environment. So, environment, we know, you know, it influences the way we think about ourselves or wh- around what's possible for us. But there's so many things that are factors in the environment. So, can, can I get you to expand a little bit more?
1: Yeah. Well, you think of all right, the words we speak. So, even in my, my marriage, my wife and I, we interrupt each other's weak ass patterns. She'll call me on my stuff. I'll call it, if we're speaking, limitation or doubt or fear. um, We'll interrupt that. Um, And we'll, in my masterminds or my clients, we have as a mantra, no weak-ass language, we'll interrupt words like, I hope to, I would love to, would love to means I want to, but I can't. So it's like, again, disempowering, rip your spine out of your back, throw it on the ground. Um, You know, those type things, if someone has shown up in a weak-ass way, now the culture holds me accountable. Yeah. And so that's one thing, the food, uh, food actually has a major impact on your energy and your, your joy. Um, one time I went a whole year without eating fried foods. And then I went to Long John Silver's. I used to love Long John Silver's as a kid. And I had some of my, one of my favorite meals I've ever had, you know, I used to love, I felt depressed the next day. I was like a sign. Oh, that's what happens on a daily basis when you eat junk. Um, um, uh, but you're just used to it. Um, and then, so the people they, I don't have room in my space for negative or, or disempowering people, I just family, whatever we limit exposure to, to pessimism, fear, fear mongering, um, excuse making all those things. We, we don't tolerate it.
0: And I think people get caught up in, you know, sometimes making those excuses and they think that there are reasons that are validated because mm-hmm. we can, we can find rationale for any excuse we have. Yeah. Um, but is it going to support the life that you want to achieve and move forward with?
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, it's, it's, it, it can be a reinforcement of what you don't want.
0: Yeah. Cause I know books, TV shows, like do you watch the news on a regular basis?
1: Heck no. I was talking to my dad. My da- I was talking to my dad tonight and he's like, oh, I'm watching the news. I was like, anything good on? Nope. I was like, why don't you turn it off? Because it's good to be informed. I was like, well, that's your trance. And
0: yeah. <laughs> I and cut myself off
1: on that- it. Yeah.
0: Because, you know, it's really not any different than yesterday. We no. think we're getting this dopamine hit with this new knowledge. And it's the same as yesterday. And I, I, I tell people, you know what? If there's something I really need to know, someone will inform me of it.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah, because you're not without knowledge, but it's like people don't realize the impact it has and mentally.
1: No, and it's like, and it stacks. Like I look, I've read 1500 books in my life now and I read one to two books a week and it just stacks and stacks and stacks and now it's like my my well of knowledge my well of identity is so much different
0: mm-hmm. and you I, probably see the world a lot differently than someone maybe mm-hmm. you went to high school with
1: oh yeah 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 and then and then you know even in the pandemic we we could have accepted um hey you can't travel but we snuck we sort of snuck into do- into ireland <laughs> and the, the the security agent was wanted to send us back because we didn't really have a legitimate reason to be there <laughs> but, but i was just more certain than him and he eventually let us in yeah, so, so but you accept, you know you get what you tolerate in life
0: you know i and i like how you said that because i know we had major events in my household my my son's a football player and he was supposed to have his graduation and grad ah. and team Canada trials were at the same weekend and he already knew he was going to choose to miss grad. He was choosing to miss grad so he could try out for team Canada. Yeah. And then that got canceled. Oh. And then I was like, okay, we're not going to stay home. We have this time off. We're going to the mountains. And that's Come what on. we did. We, we took off and um, it really helped. It really helped just refocus on what was most important. Right. And to keep it in a positive space and continue to, you know, move forward without feeling paralyzed. Cause I know that there's some folks out there that are completely paralyzed in taking action and getting caught up with the news and um, everything. So um, I'm glad to hear that you don't um, indulge in it either.
1: No. Yeah.
0: So let's dive into a little bit more about your book. Mm-hmm. I would love to know when and where, um, first of all, the the genius within how do people get a hold of it and and then we're going to talk about who is it for and all that kind of stuff
1: yeah so you can get it on amazon of course or on i've got the book uh the website geniuswithinbooks.com and basically it solves that question of what on earth am i here for what is my purpose how do i monetize my gifting do i have genius basically i've created a process um, that i have honed for the last seven years, that it, when someone goes through the full process, they will have the greatest accumulation of clues about who on earth they are and what on earth they're meant to do. Even if you think you have great clarity, right now you'll double or triple that level of clarity. I've had one of my current clients, she's a uh, former government executive, well, still a government executive, had 80,000 employees reporting to her. One of the biggest breakthroughs she got, she's 34 year career, One of the biggest breakthroughs she got was going through the first part of my process. She hadn't even been through uh, the whole thing at the time yet. And uh, she's like, Mike, you gave me one of my biggest breakthroughs I've ever had. So
0: clarity is magic. Oh, yeah. Clarity is magic. You have clarity. And I think what people um, need to realize is that work that you do on yourself, because I know people are like, work on myself. Come on. I'm like, that work that you do on yourself is how you fulfill your purpose. You yeah. serve others once you know what the heck you're doing.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. But, you know, and then, but it's also, I'd say, I've been insatiably curious to understand things. And if you go, I don't know if you've done, have you done any of the personality types? Yes. Which ones have you done? I've
0: done uh, insights, discovery, okay. and I've done uh, true colors.
1: Okay. I'm not as familiar with those two, The but uh, there's so many great personality type uh, processes. So that's the ones that I've used for, well, I did Myers-Briggs when I was in college. I was oh, like, I've what? done that one. What's... Okay. What, what, uh, what's your Myers-Briggs? Do you remember? ENFJ. ENFJ. That's what my wife is. Yes. So um, we're together because of my 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 wife and I are still together because of our uh, this process. And the reason is, is like we are on complete opposite ends of the spectrum, but it actually says, we're great pairs if we can get through the friction as she's the most, ENFJ is the most empathetic of types, if you remember, Mm -hmm. and um, also ENFJs, think out loud, you know, generally speak, high feeler, Um, uh, what else? Tends to be a little forgetful for some details. Um, And I'm an INTP, I'm the least empathetic of type, like I'm on the complete opposite in the spectrum, like literally my wife, when we were dating, after I had her, we did a Zone Genius date. I was like, hey, babe, let's, uh, we weren't even dating exclusively. I was like, hey, let's do this thing where you're going to take a bunch of tests and personality tests, and then we'll learn and appreciate the mystery of each other. And she calls her sister and her mom like, hey, this this guy I'm dating wants me to take all these personality tests. They're like, yeah, that's weird. I thought so too. But she's like, well, I really like him, so I guess I'll do it. <laughs> and, uh, but it turns out, intps uh are the spouses or significant others intps are the only ones that there's a support group specifically for the spouses of intps because we're so difficult (laughs) in some ways and it helped her understand me and helped me understand her and appreciate instead of lots of times at the beginning when we're dating we're like oh i think you're so amazing you're so different that spark and then you know, five years later, you're like, oh, you're so different. Why can't you be more like me? Blah, blah, blah. Right. And and uh and knowing each other's wiring, now we flirt around my wife and I still to this day, we've been together almost seven years, flirt around our different personality types, and it helps me get a lot less frustrated and helps her get a lot less frustrated at me or forgive a lot faster when I screw up. <laughs> so
0: and uh are you more empathetic?
1: i'm uh yeah i rationally because i'm dominated by logic and rational thinking right. i have to rationally think through the situation and then well all right i see you. i need to be empathetic <laughs> versus yeah. just feeling empathetic yeah so yeah, yeah. Oh, but I, i'm a little bit
0: i've done disc as well so i'm a high id yeah and um yeah disc Col- i have you goes? done
1: wealth, wealth dynamics yet
0: Oh, yes, I have. I'm a, oh. I'm a creator.
1: Oh, I'm a creator too. All right. Yeah. High DI. And then what about a Colby Index or Strings Finder?
0: I did do those. I just have You've to go back and see what the results are. <laughs>
1: yeah. You've done them all. All right. Yeah. So I'd say you're probably high on the quick start. Probably like a four on the four on the fact finder. Probably not so good at follow through. Maybe you're decent at follow through, but not not your favorite.
0: Everything I start, I finish. I just finished a marathon on the weekend, so I'm not yeah. fast, but I get her done. <laughs>
1: that's was, that was insane. You're a crazy <laughs> crazy woman. Um, I wouldn't run a marathon. Yeah, less, and my like...
0: secondary is star mechanic in the yeah, wealth yeah. wealth finder.
1: So, so that so yeah, there there's a lot there. Then so that's the first the first quadrant, the first pillar of my genius within is you take. All these different personality tests, because they show you the different layers, it's almost like a blind man touching an animal. He touches one part of it, he's not sure what it is, touches the tail, it's thin, it's got a little hair thin, touches the skin, it's a little thick and leathery, touches the hoof, it's big, could be a rhino, could be something else, we don't know, then he touches the nostril and knows it's an elephant, but he still doesn't know if it's an African or an Indian elephant or if it's male or female. So it's like all these tests show you different clues. Yeah. And then the second layer, second pillar is your key relationships. Uh, those, those relationships that you have unnatural clusters and you put them all together, then it shows you clues. And then third is your defining life experiences. Um, those moments in life where you're lit up or something goes, you're like an aha or Something like you're like I hate this. <laughs> um, I'm gonna jump off a bridge. Or a fourth thing is uh, uh, your values and passions. So the intersection of all that gives you a much more complete picture of your whole destiny.
0: Yes. No. Absolutely. Absolutely. So how do is it? So for the people watching and the people listening to us ramble <laughs> ramble on about these personalities, just how that intersection is about really about positioning oneself. Mm-hmm. to be extraordinary and working in that zone of genius. So how do people tap into that zone? Like who is this for? Who who is this book ideally for?
1: Yeah, good question. It's it's for anyone that is a I consider uh, the people that are going to be most drawn to it are people that are in this quest to understand themselves and to master themselves and typically those are going to be they're going to be in personal development and and Uh, high achiever type personalities because if you figure you know people who accomplish extraordinary things they put themselves in extraordinarily right positions over and over and over again Mm -hmm. they know what they're good at they own that they know what they suck at they own that they're not afraid of that and they stay in their lane you know i've got one of the guys i'm studying right now a guy named muhammad ali so muhammad ali knew his lane he was a master entertainer and he also had an alter ego because he was cassius clay he was born cassius clay but cassius clay was the son of a slave muhammad ali was powerful
0: so there's so, that identity you had to have to shift
1: yeah he he shifted his name when he became the world champion and also he had affirmations did you know that no. Aff- so oh oh i'm i'm gonna I want to share with the, share this with you. So he wrote this poem, 1964, poem called uh, called I Am the Greatest by, Mah- by Cassius Clay. And he hadn't even won. He was not the world heavyweight champion. Cassius Clay was the heavy favorite, 7-1 to favorite. Listen to this. This is an old-timey. Let me see if I can grab the right one um yep i think this is it all right let's see let's see you want to hear it for a second
0: yeah
1: all right i'm gonna play this this is on youtube but i love it it goes and you can listen to him when he is talking everyone is laughing at the beginning when he starts the poem off and they're mocking because that's often what happens when we step into a new identity and people are you're going to be mocked elon musk says i'm going to create an electric car company and it's gonna disrupt the car industry, you're a fool. That's gonna cost so much electric cars. Well, now guess what? Now all car makers are gonna make an electric cars. Here, all right, here we go. So this is from 1964, before and beat Sonny Weston. There's a couple. Now, ladies and gentlemen, from Louisville, Kentucky, wearing black tie, Mr. Cassius Marcellus Clay. For his first reading, Mr. Clay will honor us with a recitation of his classic poem, I am the greatest. Listen that's incredibly speedy the fistic world was dull and weary with a champ like Liston, things had to be dreary <laughs> then someone with color someone with dash brought
0: fight fans a running with cash <laughs> this brash young boxer is something to see and the heavyweight championship is his destiny this kid fights great he's got speed and endurance but if you sign
1: to fight him, increase your insurance. God.
0: This kid's got a limp.
1: Yeah, so you can get a little sense. Uh, um, sorry if I went too long on that. No, yeah.
0: but the thing is, he's putting himself in a place in advance, believing in where he's going, his trajectory.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and, and I read, I've read uh, one of his other biographies earlier this year, and he, was, he said he was afraid every time that he would screw up and be embarrassed, but he said, "You know what? I had to do it. I had to proclaim it because that that made me step up. That made me rise up. Right. Yeah.
0: And so often we can get caught up in that self-talk of, you know, how we you talked about words or commands, and you know, and calling people out because you know, first thing people, oh, that was stupid. That was dumb. That's a loser move, right? <laughs> to cancel those and." stop it you know that's not allowed
1: yeah exactly
0: yeah no it's fascinating um, I'm so excited you know that we're having this conversation and you know that there is clues around people for that success that they desire and when ideas come to them it's not that everyone's getting the same ideas right they come to them because they need to fuel forward they need to move forward so how do you help people overcome the things that block them from sabotaging those dreams that they have?
1: So first thing is like acknowledging and creating an awareness around that weak identity, that weak sabotaging self and the voices, because you know what? It's like if I take a pen and I put my hand down on the table and I try and stab my hand with my pen, my body does not want to do it even if I try and will it to do it, it might eventually do it. If I know how to supersede the, the neuro uh, physical connection. So if your body thinks it's going to create harm by stepping forward or shame or embarrassment and, and, you know, we're one of the few animals Like it, my dad m- used to make us watch these nature shows. All right. So we're one of the few animals that holds on to stuff. Um, when we were, we were watching those nature shows, it's like African plains and these wildebeest are being hunted by lions and this wildebeest gets captured by a lion and it's in the jaws of a lion and then it escapes and it runs off. And 30 seconds later, it's eating grass. I'm like, freaking out, you were just in the mouth of a lion. What are you doing eating grass? Like us as humans, we will, memor- we will remember that and relive that experience for the rest of our life, unless we program something different we're programmed It's a mnemonic, it's almost like it's a memory implant, uh, imprint into our way of being. Um, but we got to release and just as, as we can be programmed negatively, we can be programmed positively, but we got to be intentional about it. You're a master at that. So I know your clients probably love and appreciate that part of what you do. But one of the first things that you got to do is work on that weak ass identity and find that powerful identity and then rewrite. Second thing, I think, is rewrite that money story, that relationship with money, because it's a self-worth story. It's a it's a it's a, a story that is often not true. And within it is the imposter syndrome as well. And one of the things I've been asking a lot of people, and I want to write a book about this in some way, you know, one of the biggest things, imposter syndrome. When we think of imposter syndrome, we're like, oh, that person up there that's way ahead of who I am. Yeah. That is who I think I'm supposed to be. That's the imposter. Oh, I'm, uh, I'm, it's harder, it's, it's, I gotta fake, to, fake it till I make it to get to that level. What if, what if the current reality, you playing small, you playing half-ass, you playing in this shadow of yourself, is actually the greatest impostor. That's the real impostor, and that person that you dream and you long and you know in your spirit is actually the real version of you, the most true version of you. So that's uh, I've I've been inverting that because I think it's actually true, and I I need to remind myself of that too. I,
0: I know it was funny that you say that because I was I um, just recorded for a summit recently uh, with YouTube, and I was like. You know this it was the, one of the first times that it really was pronounced in my body that i felt like oh my gosh this is that imposter syndrome and the, the host she's like okay put it to rest right now because there's a reason why you're here and you're not and uh as i began to talk about the techniques and strategies that i've been using I was like oh okay i know <laughs> you know it's you know stuff and you're also my philosophy around imposter syndrome is if you're in the practicing of in the process of doing the tasks and strategies and the tips and taking in the hacks and implementing them that's not an imposter so I like how you have the shadow of yourself because now when I even think about the marathon like I'm not a fast runner but I'll get her done but then I was thinking would you put it in a bio that you ran two marathons when there's world champion triathletes and you know world marathon runners and i'm like damn right i will because not everybody gets up off the couch no (laughs) you you
1: blow me out of the water Deborah.
0: (laughs) so it's really interesting i love how you shed light on that with that imposter syndrome and it's and it's so true and You know, and I like how you talk about you know there's scattered clues. I call it a golden thread. You know, identifying different spots, but I like the analogy as well as that those clues have led you to where you are. Like especially the ones that didn't work.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, one of my favorite stories, Sarah Blakely. Yeah, do you know much about her story?
0: A little bit, not a lot.
1: So when she was a kid, her dad this was a story that helped me in my season of quote failure which was really a season of growth but her dad when she was a kid her dad would say to her and her brother at dinner what did you fail at today
0: oh, yes i remember this part
1: and and you know what that started anchoring in failure is good and failure is growth failure is progress because i'm learning something i'm going for it i'm risking I'm taking a chance so as uh, that's part of what I have embraced and why i've st- started a lot of businesses, failed at uh, more than my share, but I've had some good wins that most people wouldn't, wouldn't have. And uh, I'm going to have some bigger wins and bigger failures <laughs> in the future. Um, but it's embracing, man, this is life is meant to be enjoyed and savored and experienced the highs and the lows. Um, you know, there's no such thing as a as zero ro- roller coaster life um, unless you're in the cemetery.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. (laughs) And, you know, I I don't even like to go on roller coasters, but I remember going to Knott's uh, Berry Farm and the kids wanting to go on this sidewinder ride. And I stood there with my watch and I'm like, 45 seconds. I can do anything for 45 seconds. So I at least did that with my eyes closed the whole time. (laughs) But we did it. And it's about taking a risk. Because I think what happens is when we get into a pattern of inaction, We paralyze ourselves Mm -hmm. and then we get into this slump where it's harder to get out. And it's not just the failure that happens. It's the mindset that takes us down.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And, and we've got the, the crazy thing about the mindset. I mean, it's, it's like gravity it naturally wants to go down, but it can be reprogrammed to serve this higher level self that we know we're called to, but we have to, we have to be so intentional about it, and and that's and pursue it as a lifelong passion. Yeah.
0: What would you tell someone who just hit a rough patch, and is you know starting to gain a little bit of clarity, but really needs to work on the confidence part of moving mm-hmm. forward? What have you used to move forward when you hit a patch of failure?
1: Yeah. You know, funny. Uh, uh, first uh, in January last year, I just got done speaking at this event and I was about to fly home to Nashville. I was boarding the airplane and I felt discouraged. I was like, man, I just had like a great weekend. I nailed it. People loved it. And I fl- I'm on the airplane and I just felt despair and I felt emptiness and I felt like a failure. And, and then I was like, I got to interrupt this pattern. And so I sat down and I started writing out um, writing out all the things I'd accomplished. So, the first thing in the last 30 days, just a little wins, little wins, even. And, and 20 minutes later, I had like 35, 40 wins, and my whole attitude has shifted. Um, and so, the first thing is like little areas of progress, praising progress. You know, uh, I like to share a lot of metaphors and stories, but you know, you think as a little baby, Uh, You know, I have a baby, my little girl, she's three months old, her name is Sonnet. When we, when she's like going to start crawling and walking, and when she starts trying to walk and she stumbles and falls, I'm not going to kick her and say, stupid baby, you should stay, keep crawling. Yeah. But why do we kick ourselves when we get it when we become adults? You know, Um, one of the first things that I have to do, I call it the middle class mindset too one of the first things I have to do, um, with a lot of entrepreneur clients, especially if they're new entrepreneurs and you probably have the same type thing, I got to reprogram their whole relationship with failure and whole interpretation of failure. And like, Hey, I'm like, Hey, uh, I'm talking with this other uh, lady from, uh, London, um, and London, England, and her husband's like a finance bank, uh, person. And anyway, um, we're talking and I'm like, Hey, she's never she's normally had a six-figure job and all those things and I'm like this is going to be a whole different ball game and and you got to be prepared to fail and treat it as as learning and because middle class mindset if you look at the middle class mindset which most of us grew up in the school systems and institutions universities etc you're to avoid making a c Don't make a C in class. Don't make a D. Don't fail. Don't bring shame to your family or yourself, or don't make a mistake. You'll get laughed at, or, you know, versus encouraging people to go for it and try and fail forward. And, and so, because if you think about uh, one of my other clients, he's one of the world's leading experts in uh, exponential technologies. So he works with a lot of people from Silicon Valley. He's like, Hey, If you haven't been bankrupt twice, you don't have your MBA in in this world. And and it's a whole different mindset of the big Mm -hmm. leagues. I'm like, that's why the average multimillionaire, you know, has been bankrupt a couple of times. But, you know, the first time it took them 15 years to make their millions and they lost it. Second time it took them two or three years because their identity pulled them up. I say your identity precedes your destiny. Mm -hmm. Their identity pulled them up versus a lottery winner. They've got a poverty mindset that make millions three and a half years later, 70%, more than 70% of lottery winners are bankrupt. I didn't even pull them down.
0: Cause this is all I'm capable of
1: Yeah. versus
0: what could be possible for me if I yeah. shifted.
1: it. And again, it goes back to the patterns, like the waves, the wave patterns of like, Oh, I'm going down this path or the identity. This is who I am. Oh, or money is not safe. I need to get rid of it, get rid of it, get rid of it.
0: Yeah, I've also heard the one, um, Who Am I to Make More Than My Parents Ever Did.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Limiting stories. Amazing.
0: The stories that we tell ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what is one book that has really, besides the one you've written, <laughs> that has completely transformed your life? Hmm. I know there's many, but oh, there's one so- that really speaks to you
1: uh let's see i re- you are a badass at making money is one of my favorites um i would also say because it's just it's a modern day think and grow rich in some regards she's funny it's woody it just speaks to me in a, in a deep way tony robbins unlimited power was so good four-hour work week but the other one that i often mention is the uh, power of full engagement about energy management, how that's the secret. You know, we've got four energy quadrants: physical, mental, emotional, and relational. And when we are energetically flat, we we are down, we're discouraged, we can't do much. But when we're at a peak, guess what? We're, we're full of creativity and passion, and we can create almost anything. So I love that. Um, and that's and oh, I love Titan. I mean, that's one of my favorite biographies by, about Rockefeller.
0: Yeah.
1: 800 pages or so, but it is freaking a treatise on world history. Um, I mean, Rockefeller had his GDP, his company was making about as much as the US economy at one point, which is insane. Um, so, and just a brilliant, humble, uh, doggedly determined uh, man uh, who did a lot of good in the world, too so
0: amazing stuff so what does it mean to you to live rich from the inside out
1: hmm. something I'm I'm shifting I'm working on anchoring in, and I receive I'm going to speak it over my life now I am flowing and creating from a place of joy and a place of abundance not as place of strain sometimes as creators you know I I don't know about you, but I I take on too much sometimes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, i like I can relate to you. <laughs> There's uh, so much to create. Oh no!
1: I got all these businesses I haven't even started yet that I got to start. Um, but uh, and books I got to write and all these things. But um, uh, creating from joy instead of
0: strain—that's
1: mm. richness an adventure tied into that, of course, but yeah.
0: Very well said, very well said. Mike, it's been such a joy to create this with you today and share this with the audience. And I'm going to put a lot of extra notes in the show notes of where you can watch video footage of Mike in action, how to get his book. So Mike, how do people stay in touch with you or work with you?
1: Oh, Great. Uh, Thanks for asking. So on the book side if you want i've got a 6 steps to finding your genius guide that is completely free and you can text if you're in north america you can text genius u as in the letter u genius u to 474747 and you'll get a link for that download or you can go to genius book within or geniuswithinbook.com which is also on amazon and other stores And uh, Instagram is the Mike Zeller. My website is mikezeller.com and on LinkedIn and YouTube and all the other platforms too.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show and everyone make sure you go out and grab that resource, grab that book so that you can find your genius within. When you move through your zone of genius, you are going to create miracles in your life and do things with joy. As Mahatma Gandhi said, be the change you wish to see in the world. I'd love for you also to pop over to my website at www.debrakazowski.com where you can get your three-part video course of making habits stick and put that focus and consistency into your goals and dreams. Combine it with some zone of genius and let's make some magic happen. Go out and have a great day, everyone.